I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Cavs on the Basketball Podcast Network. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is Monday, March 6th, and the Cavs are set to take on the Boston Celtics. It's Fine evening, Zach Weiss with you as always. Looking forward to that matchup, especially after the L they handed us last Wednesday. It was a weird week, wasn't it? Cavs only played twice. They played Wednesday against the Celtics, high-stakes matchup, national TV, a couple more days off, and then they go against the Detroit Pistons. A matchup that we knew was going to be a win on the bright side. Danny Green was able to get back in. He hit a couple threes. Howell Neto, he saw the Sam Merrill Cavs debut after he tore it up for them in the G League. How lucky we are to get Sam Merrill. Do you know how the Cavs ended up with the opportunity to even bring him in? There was a battle for the final roster spot in Sacramento between Merrill and Matthew Delavadova, Cavs legend. Twice he's been present. Delhi wins the battle for the final spot. Merrill goes on the market, and he ends up with the Cleveland Charge. Look at him now. Look at him now. Sensational player down there. Hopefully he gets a chance while he's on a 10-day. That opportunity might come tonight against Boston, though I would not expect him to see the court. But let's look at some history on this date in Cavs at Kingdom. We'll start out with something that didn't actually happen Directly with the Cavs, but it ties in. LeBron James on this date in 2019, when he hit a driving layup against the Denver Nuggets in Q2, passes Michael Jeffrey Jordan on the all-time scoring list. This moves LeBron to number four on the list. The Lakers would lose the game, but in front of a full crowd, James passes MJ. And if he was a little younger... You might get the, and I took it personal, and come out of retirement and try to pass him right then and there. Imagine MJ sitting courtside, just rips off the street clothes. He has a full-on jersey out there. The NBA says, okay, why not? They go one-on-one, and Jordan gets a chance to pass LeBron again on the scoring list. LeBron could have done it on the next possession should the game have actually continued, but it would have been intriguing, no, to see those two actually square off. MJ retired just one year before LeBron James came into the NBA at the end of his Wizards tenure. So to some people, depending on who you have as the GOAT, MJ retiring LeBron coming in at the time it happened could be a passing of the torch of GOAT to GOAT, GOAT to future GOAT. But both of these players are incredible. Both of them. Won at least four championships. Both of them played on multiple teams. And both have their signature moves that nobody else can copy and have the same amount of swagger when actually implementing them in gameplay. 51 years ago today, big shock. Shaquille O'Neal is born. Shaq Diesel. Heck of an NBA career. What a basketball life he's had. We've gotten to see him a ton now in the spotlight on TNT. We saw him as an actor, as a rapper, 
He had his own TV show, Shaq's Big Challenge. I mean, of course, how can we forget the rapping genie Kazam? Shaq had a definitely a weird run while he was on the Cavs. But let's talk about some of the accolades of the season. He appeared in 53 of 82 games. The Cavs were 40 and 13 when Big Shaq was on the court. Seven double-doubles, five games of 20 points. Six games with at least three blocks, 11 games of at least 70% free throw, four games of 100%, minimum two attempts. He never fouled out. Same was true in the playoffs. Shaq never grabbed 10 rebounds in a playoff game. If we remember the Shaq that was on the Suns the year before, I mean, that's a very different player. Shaq was all-star co-MVP. He averaged 18 and 8, 1.4 blocks, shot 61%. He was able to give 30 minutes a night. Cavs Shaq only averaged 23 minutes, 12 points, and 7 rebounds. Wasn't the same guy, but it was still cool, no? Remember when we got Shaquille O'Neal? Shaq, Diesel, the big Aristotle, Superman, Shaq Fu, Shaq Daddy, Warrior, just listing off from basketball reference. They never got LeBron a star in their prime his first time around. They got a slightly washed Anton Jameson. They got a slightly washed... Ben Wallace, the Larry Hughes signing just didn't pan out because he couldn't stay healthy. He wasn't the player he was in Philly and in D.C. even. So maybe it was a timing issue, you know, for some other big acquisitions. Joe Smith was not the player that was drafted number one overall in 1995. Wally Zerbiak was not the all-star that he was during his days. Happy belated to Wally, by the way. Celebrated it yesterday, 46. He's not the all-star he was when he was playing next to KG in Minnesota. You know, this list can go on and on of them getting the names, but maybe a little too late. Mo Williams obviously played his best ball wall with the Cavs, although his 50-point game, surprisingly, came when he was in a Timberwolves uniform. He had an odd journey post-Cleveland before he eventually came back. But, you know, Shaq in L.A. was nuts. Shaq in Orlando just breaking into the league. He had a career high for his entire 19-year run in rebounds. His second highest free throw percentage. His highest block total. His highest usage in this very first season. 23-14 and 14 with almost four blocks as a rookie. He didn't make the playoffs that year. But he was so good. It's a shame Orlando couldn't hold on to Shaq. The the amount of talent he had right out of of uh, college at LSU. And he went right to the Lakers. And though he did have some injury issues. Do you know Shaq only played 70 games with the Lakers twice in eight seasons? He missed 28. He missed 31, 22, 33, 15, 15. Not talked about much. Then 15 again. On Miami... Shaq only actually played 200 regular season games. He wasn't as good. When he first got to the Heat, he was still that same beast. He helped them win their title. But, you know, Shaq only played 40 games in the 06-07 year. They won, I believe it was, yeah, they won in 05-06. The good thing is he was available for the entire playoff run. He was good enough. But he wasn't the same guy. If they had L.A. Shaq in Miami or in Cleveland, that's more championships. Phoenix Shaq is arguably the third best Shaq. 
arguably. You know, because Miami, he won the title, but Phoenix, he looked really spry. Of course, we got a different version of Boston, Shaq. We don't really want to talk about that. Happy birthday, Shaq Diesel. Thank you for your time in Cleveland, the NBA. Thank you for Shaq and a fool. And even though your analysis isn't always spot on, you make a fantastic television presence, big man. Man, you're awesome. You're that guy. You're him. I don't know why I never had your jersey, but maybe I'll find a Cavs jersey out of the woodwork. It'll just come up and come out. Why not? Kobe Carl celebrates a birthday today. He had a very brief run in Cleveland. He's 40 now. He's a G League head coach. The Delaware Blue Coats. You know, he had some good moments out there. Kobe Carl, his father, George Carl, one-time coach of the Cavs, although it was a very brief run. It was his foray into head coaching in the NBA. It's not the same coach he was in Denver. People talk a lot of smack about George Carl, and all the players were kind of speaking out on him after he was in Sacramento, Boogie Cousins, among others. But that's a Hall of Fame coach. He had a great run in Denver. He's able to take that team after they traded Carmelo and piece it together into a 57 and 25 unit. They had Andre Guadala for a year, although it's kind of funny. They knocked out the Warriors. They got knocked out by the Warriors in the first round in an upset. That was the first time we saw Steph Curry win a playoff series. And he sees what they did. He's like, yeah, I want to go there. And he wins a finals MVP a year later. How funny that ended up working out. But yeah, happy birthday, Kobe Carl. Hope you, sir, have a great day. He's the coach of mentioned to the Delaware Blue Coats. So that is it for history. We will take a quick break, listen to some words from DraftKings, and come back with a preview of Cleveland versus Boston. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. You know how I'm always thinking. Got to look at the Cavs. We've got the Pistons and Pelicans coming up over the next couple of days. So I'm always going to be looking. Cavs money line. I'm going to go under because of the impressive defense they've been playing this season. And I'll always go for Darius Garland assists. He's done a fantastic job facilitating this season. It's easy money. You know, I know. We all know. Easy money. So download the app now and sign up with code TDPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back, folks. Zach Weiss with you on this latest edition of Across the Cavs, where Cleveland faces off with the Boston Celtics this evening. Second time in three days. Fourth meeting of the season. Take a look at some of these odds. Via DraftKings, it's Cleveland 
a six-point favorite. Boston lost in two overtimes an evening ago to the Knicks, who have now won nine in a row. And I'm a little scared of the Knicks now. I'm not going to lie. The over-under is 218.5. Cavs' money line is minus 240. Celtics plus 200. That must mean there's going to be a lot of sitting. So Robert Williams is out for this one. Malcolm Brogdon has missed a couple games with an ankle. He may be out in this one. Tatum and Brown should play. Smart should play. Horford should play. Derek White, Grant Williams, after a DNPCD, responded in a big way. Obviously, they couldn't get the job done. I've been really enjoying the Celtics. I'm not supposed to say that as a, as a Cavs fan. This is a Cavs podcast. They're one of our big rivals. Have been for a long time. But I've really been enjoying the Boston Celtics, I have to say. Tatum has really shown a lot of growth. His field goal percentage has dipped a bit to 46 at this juncture. It was higher earlier. But he's averaged 39 and 5. He's still only 24. Just seeing his growth as a player. The fact that we haven't lost to them in a playoff series since LeBron's first tenure does make me feel better about saying good things on this podcast. Jalen Brown's growth has been very impressive. He's now averaging 27 and 7. Marcus Smart averages essentially the same stats every single season. He's averaged between 9 and 13 points for eight years now. This is his ninth season in the league already. And he's, his steal numbers have been pretty much the same. Impressive. His three-point percentage, other than 2019, has never been above 34.7. His three-throw percentage is the same. He is Mr. Consistent. It's kind of crazy that for his first four seasons and in five out of his first six, Smart shot under 40% from the field. But you look at his resume, three-time all-defense, one-time defensive player of the year last season was at the Nets game in the first round when he got that award from Gary Payton. It's incredible. Guards don't usually win it. He does turn 29 today. Happy birthday. A lot of people call him a flopper. I might be one of them, but watching him play, nonetheless, when he's not doing that, his, the fact that he was what, one for nine on threes before hitting two huge ones in overtime last night. And he's only a 33% shooter this year, 32 for his career. Smart's made 882 threes, but it's taken him over 2,700 attempts. He doesn't do anything consistently. He has one career triple-double. He'll likely top 6,000 points in tonight's game. He just does so many things for Boston. And so I'm a little worried. About him on Donovan, who hopefully will be able to play through his finger issue in this game. He's the only Cav listed on the injury report. Remember when Kobe broke his finger, taped it up, and then he went absolutely bonkers after that? That crazy four-game run? Maybe the same thing can happen. But Smart likely gets the assignment of Mitchell. They could put Jalen Brown on Garland. With Rob Williams out, they don't match up as well. Hopefully on the second end of a back-to-back. We'll catch Boston a little tired. But this is not an easy matchup by any stretch. I do hope to see Jetty Austin getting some run. Now that would be nice. I'd love to see Danny Green. This is an important game. Let's not get blown out again. So here are my thoughts. Up front, we should be okay. We got more size with Rob Williams not playing. Guard matchup could go either way. Small forward battle, they got the edge. Isaac, please don't pick up fouls. Refs, please ref Isaac. 
a little better. That would be great. So, all this said, let's go Cavs minus six over 218 and a half. I'm seeing more offense just like game one, and I'm seeing a quicker start. I'm going Cavs minus six. I trust them to cover, and obviously that means Cavs minus 240. If you want to do an SGP for this game, just hit Donovan Mitchell's over on points combined with the over and the Cavs spread. That'll do it for this edition of Across the Cavs. Zach Weiss with you as always. A lot more to come on the podcast, so stay tuned. Some exciting guests in the near future, and we will see you soon.